You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Want to tackle uh, sort of most most of the time I try to keep topics timely. This this topic's not exactly timely in the matter that it's um, top of mind for a lot of people, but I just wanted to discuss it because I find it interesting. So it's about recruiting and TCU recruiting. I think they did a nice job closing that class here in 2022. We'll really kind of see what foundation they're laying for this 2023 class. But I don't, I don't want to talk about rankings today. I'm not really interested in discussing that. I have been struck by Jeremy Clark does a great job reporting for a Horn Frog Blitz, which is a 247 website. I would encourage you to get a subscription there if you don't have one. It's great insider information. And I don't, I don't want to divulge too much. But one thing that I've noticed through Jeremy talks to a lot of recruits, and he was especially talking to juniors. He's been talking to a lot of juniors recently. As you know, that 2023 cycle is starting to pick up. They've had junior days in the past few weeks. They've had guys on campus. And one thing that kept coming up in these conversations with recruits was multiple guys told him that they were impressed with TCU's NIL presentation, and name, image, and likeness. And I was sort of struck by that one because name, image, and likeness has changed the recruiting landscape in college sports, but I think it's still something we don't know a lot about. Like, we've heard comments from coaches of what used to be done under the table is now happening out in the open, like what used to, when what used to be hundred dollar handshakes to guys when they'd step on campus, or you know, go to a car dealership, get a vehicle, in exchange for a phony job or whatever. Now it's being done above board. But the funny thing about it is, they're saying it's being done above board, and I don't have any reason not to believe that. But the actual terms of these deals, we still don't know a lot about them. Like we don't know a ton about what schools are doing and what they're selling. We heard a lot about it at first. I remember when it first broke, Derek King got a big deal from Miami. You know, Miami was one of those schools that was trying to get a deal for everybody. LSU was doing something similar. Texas has targeted guys in the trenches. They found a way to get their offensive linemen a big payday if they come play for the Horns. But then there's also a lot of deals that are going on. I mean, we've seen smaller deals like Raising Cane's, other, other businesses that have jumped in and gotten involved in more of a volume situation where they're targeting a lot of young men and women to, hey, jump on and, and let's get this done. But there's also been a lot of deals and things done that we don't really know the terms of the agreements to, which, I mean, technically, do we need to? No, I mean, that's their business. But it's just a, a funny... It's a funny situation where this is happening, and it's out in the open, but it's also not. So I don't know what TCU is selling. And, I mean, to a certain extent, I think these guys that are getting recruited, that's obviously a huge factor. And probably that's, that's, that might be the number one factor for all of them when they start. Now, not everyone's going to get paid big-time money. So eventually, it sort of balances out. And I think a lot of the players that TCU is probably involved with are players that aren't necessarily getting, you know, six-figure contract deals from different businesses. 
But it's encouraging to see that at least this new coaching staff is on top of things and they understand, okay, this landscape is changing. We have to be at the forefront of it. We have to at least have a plan so that when we're talking to these guys, they know that we understand it, that we have a plan of attack, that we have a way to make sure that they're getting what they need from the university if they come to play here. And you hear it from coaches all the time. I mean, Gary tried to do it last year. He kind of did it in a clumsy way. But he he did try in an interview and, and at a, a luncheon to say, hey, like, this is the future. And he was talking to boosters of the program. He was like, this is the future. And if we're going to compete, we have to be ready to rock and roll because there's SEC schools that are trying to get our guys. Uh, Lane Kiffin, as recently as, you know, a few weeks ago, he, in a press conference, was like, hey, listen, Texas A&M is paying like crazy. All these, a lot of these coaches are, are sending a similar message to the people around them, it basically translating to, hey, I know you think you're doing this. Like, I know you think you're at the forefront of this, but you're not. Like, I, I know you guys feel like you're leading the charge, and making sure that our guys are taken care of. But School X and School Y down the street is really doing a great job. So there's this keeping up with the Joneses mentality that's sort of broken out within the new structure. Uh, That's super interesting. But I think the net positive here and the big positive is, even if we're not totally sure what's going on, what the terms of these deals are, TCU at least seems to have a pretty clear plan. And I don't know... I mean, I think the the former staff knew it was important, but I'm not sure that they sort of understood, okay, we need to have a comprehensive presentation ready for uh, these incoming freshmen because they're, I mean, it, it's, it's on the forefront of their minds. And is everyone going to profit and make huge money? No. And there's probably a number of recruits that, that might not even be their top priority because they think – well, I'm I'm pretty set right now, but everybody wants to make a buck. Like, right, everybody wants to make money. If there's an opportunity to make some cash, people are interested in it. So the fact that TCU at least seems to have a pretty coherent system that they are putting in front of these uh, recruits for the 2023 class is encouraging. Okay, coming up next, uh, we got some breaking news. TCU has a new defensive line coach, so we'll break that down. Um, got a big basketball game coming up Saturday against Texas Tech, but we'll stick with the football theme here as we have some coaching staff news. So that's coming up next on Locked on Horn Frogs. All right, so breaking news as I'm recording here on Thursday morning. Uh, TCU has a new defensive line coach, and it's Jamarcus McFarland, who they took from Louisiana Tech. So they go and poach somebody on Sonny Cumbie's staff. Now, he had not coached it down at Louisiana Tech yet. He uh, was supposed to start there this year, this coming fall. Before that, he spent three seasons at Stephen F. Austin. McFarland was a defensive tackle in college. He played at Oklahoma, was a good player, four-year letterman there for the Sooners, then played a little bit in the Canadian Football League, uh, got signed by the Chargers but did not stick in the NFL, went to the CFL, and then started his coaching career. He was a graduate assistant in Oklahoma for a few seasons, before moving on to uh, Stephen F. Austin as a defensive line coach. And the Lumberjacks had the second-best defense in the WAC last year. Um, he led the team to a 40-sack season in 2021. They were 8-4 and four and got knocked out in the first round 
of the FCS playoffs. So, I mean, he's a young guy, and I think the positives here, Jamarcus is from um, Lufkin, so he's an East Texas dude, and you know that that's a big-time recruiting, fertile recruiting ground in the state. It's another Texas guy that understands Texas high school football, understands how to relate to coaches. He's young. I'm sure he has great energy and knows how to relate to these players. And, I mean, it's one stop at Stephen F. Austin, but uh, the results there were good. So is he the most proven guy in the world? No, but it seems like this falls in line with what Sonny Cumbie likes. I mean, he likes young, energetic assistant coaches that I think first and foremost know how to get around on the road and know how to, you know, find a way to connect with players. Um, not sure what scheme they were running there at Stephen F. Austin with Colby uh, Carthel, but they did a good job. And, um, again, like they were ranked highly in, in the WAC. They had a chance to be in the FCS playoffs before he knocked out. He had a defensive line that was able to get to the quarterback. So he'll get to work with a totally new system, at least for the players. Um, he'll get to work with some guys that are brand new to campus, like Connor Lindgren and Dominic Williams and uh, Doug Blue Eli, and then you know some players that have been here for a while. We'll see what happens with Kyrie Coleman. I assume he's going to be more of an outside linebacker. Also guys like Dylan Horton returning, um, some players on the interior. But you know the, the key to this 3-3-5 is if you can find a way to get pressure with those front three without having to generate a lot of pressure with your linebackers and, and safeties and outside linebackers, bringing guys off the edge, if that's more of a luxury, if you can bring people to you know, shake things up, take an offense out of rhythm, occasionally find a way to get to QB, but if you don't have to do that, if you can find a way you know, with your front three and your front five, front seven, to slow down the run game and get to the quarterback, um, and that's huge because it allows you to deploy, you know, more people in the back end of the secondary, limit big plays. Um, so it, it's imperative that they're able to do that. It's imperative that these defensive linemen are able to get the quarterback. So it's unfortunate that uh, they lost their D-line coach before the season started, but you bounce back and you get Jamarcus McFarland um, pretty immediately, and now he can get to work. Hopefully he can connect with the guys that have already signed, you know, as I said earlier this week, you hope that the case is that these players that ended up signing at least knew, like, okay, this is coming down the pipe. It's not ideal, but we're, we're committed to TCU. And I'm sure that'll be his first order of business is getting in touch with those guys, making sure that they feel secure, they feel safe, they're ready to rock and roll um, as they continue to work through the offseason. But, yeah, Jamarcus McFarlane will be the new defensive line coach from TCU coming over from Louisiana Tech, but really coming over from Stephen F. Austin because that's where he was uh, before he took the Law Tech job. So it's been a you know a steady climb for him in a short career and another young, energetic guy. And I think that East Texas connection is going to be big because there's always players coming out of that part of the state. Um, so hopefully he can get some monsters. TCU needs guys in the trenches, and they need them quickly. So we'll see what happens when uh, Coach McFarlane gets on campus and what he can bring to the table on, on Sonny Dyke's coaching staff. And this is also someone that Joe Gillespie selected, right? Like this is someone that he had on his mind. Um, and since the defensive coordinator kind of came in after the rest of the staff was assembled, this is one of the few guys 
that he got to handpick. So I think that's good news uh, for the defense as well. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll preview that Tech game. Hopefully we have some confirmation. I know Mike Miles is expected to play. We'll see if that's the case. Hopefully we can get um, you know a full-on report on Friday. Tech coming off a loss. They lost Oklahoma on the road on Wednesday night. So, man, you don't always love that, right? A team getting a chance to refocus at home. Not sure that bodes well for TCU, but we'll see how they do as they give it a go against one of the best teams in the nation on Saturday afternoon. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, This is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.